0: Hey Sugar fans, it's Amory Sievertson, producer emeritus of the podcast, and these are strange times we're living in right now. It's easy these days to feel anxious. As the pandemic and the days of isolation drag on, it can be hard to find ways to make the most out of every day. But we have a little something for you, something that will hopefully help. It's called The Good Life Project. They have a new podcast made in partnership with Wondery, and it's hosted by author and entrepreneur Jonathan Fields. Every week, the Good Life Project podcast shares inspirational, intimate, unfiltered conversations about what it takes to live a really good life. Jonathan Fields talks to people like Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown, Cleo Wade, Adam Grant, Glennon Doyle, and Gretchen Rubin, as well as everyday guests. Every story matters. So today, we're sharing a preview of the Good Life Project podcast with you. In this episode, Jonathan and his guests share 20 proven tools to tame anxiety. We could all use that right now, am I right? If you like what you hear, subscribe to Good Life Project on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now, and you'll get the full episode, including all 20 tools and techniques. Okay, here's a teaser. The ability to
1: turn on certain emotions and turn off emotions is one of the greatest capacities that we have as human beings. In fact, I would say it's our superpower that is rarely ever taught to us that we can actually choose how we feel. Other animals in the animal kingdom can't Help how they feel. When I'm walking my dog down the street and she sees another dog that provokes her, she is most likely to just start barking out of a threat response of protection. She's not going to think to herself, well, maybe I shouldn't bark because my mommy doesn't like when I do that. Other animals in the animal kingdom are entirely reactive with their emotions. We as human beings have this luxury of a prefrontal cortex, the capacity to think and to reason and actually choose our emotional response and to be able to work with what kind of emotion do I need to cultivate in this moment that's going to be most useful for me? How much worry is appropriate in this moment in order to keep me problem solving or maybe a little hyper-vigilant? But when do I need to dial that emotion back down? Because now I'm safe and I'm home and I'm with my loved ones and now I need to maybe cuddle or use different skills to bring my nervous system into a reset place because I'm no longer under threat. And so all of that is the type of skill that we want to bring into this moment. In fact, I would say it's the opportunity that this crisis is offering people is to learn how to become even more masters of their mind, of their body, of their emotions right now.
2: Yeah. Very shortly, I want to dive into a set of tools, body tools and mind tools, which I think are super effective and interesting. There's one other thing I wanted to ask you about, which is it's one thing when we start to react to what's going on around us and spin into places of fear and anxiety when we do it in solitude or in one or two other people, when everybody that you know is in that same place, you know, behavior that when it's just us doing it, you know would pretty maybe we have the ability to sort of like step out and say, well, is this rational or not? or if we don't, those around us would be able to sort of like identify what's going on. but when it becomes groupthink, that changes.
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, we actually have a number for it. Researchers show that approximately five is a crowd. If you have one person standing on the corner looking up at something, they actually ran studies to look at how many people would actually pause and look up in the direction that they're facing. And what they found with one person, very rarely did people stop. With two people looking up in the same direction, sometimes people would look up and stop. But once you had a crowd of five people that were looking up at a particular direction or or one particular behavior, then you found that the majority of people would at least look in the direction that they were looking, if not full on stop and look at what they're doing. And so if five is a crowd, think about what's happening with toilet paper madness right now, as many, many people are flocking to certain behavioral patterns. And I think that it calls upon us to get even more centered into ourselves and what we know to be true and not be pulled by the crowd during those moments or not to give in to Things that are more emotionally driven, and to be able to soothe our own nervous system, so that we can tell the difference between what's mine and what's theirs, what's actually needed of me in this moment, and what am I just reacting to?
2: Yeah, and I think that's such. um, It's not easy to make that distinction when you're in a state of near panic. Rational thought is not the easiest thing to access. You mentioned one of the things that makes us uniquely human is our capacity to choose our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors. It's interesting, you have a frame for this that I had never heard before about whether the appropriate response is to work with tools that involve the body versus the mind. Yeah.
1: Um, I I come from a psychology background and traditional psychology uses a lot of talking. Uh, Cognitive behavioral approaches look at the fact that our emotions are linked to our thoughts. And so traditional cognitive behavioral therapy calls it the ABC model, that an activating event, which is the A, causes a B, a belief or a thought to go through our mind, which leads to a C and how we feel. And so the model was, if you want to change how you feel very often, change how you're thinking. So if I can catch myself worrying about the situation, I want to catch my worrying thoughts and then redirect my worrying thoughts to more useful thoughts. And that can work and can work well, but it can work in a slow manner. And at the same time that I was studying positive psychology, I was also studying to be a yoga teacher and also getting into the field of mind-body medicine where I was learning these body tools. And I very quickly recognized that while a cognitive approach to calm a person down can work, it often did not work when a person was in severe threat mode. It's like a person's having a panic attack and you're trying to convince them calm down, everything's gonna be okay. Well, if you've ever been highly worried, it's very rare that someone's words that everything is gonna be okay is actually going to make you feel better. What we want to do instead, I believe is more effective is during those high stress states is to use the body. It's the same thing we do with children and babies when they're crying. This also ties into how our bodies are physically wired. So we have an emotional brain and a rational thinking brain. Our emotional brain is our core brain. It is the part of our brain that houses our limbic system and our amygdala. And the rational part of our brain, our human neocorism, cortex is the logic reasoning brain and what happens when we're in a state of stress is that our emotional brain kicks into gear our pre-verbal brain kicks into gear and the reason you don't hold a crying infant in your hands out in front of you and just talk to the infant and explain to them that it's just a wet diaper and they're going to be fed in just a few minutes and everything is fine and instead you brace the baby onto your chest and you rock them and you sue them with your body intuitively is we know that an infant has an underdeveloped neocortex, that you're not going to rationalize and reason with the baby, you actually have to use the body to create the calm response. So I advise to people the importance of being able to take your emotional temperature. So the first step is becoming aware, I'm feeling something, I'm triggered, I'm upset, I'm worried, whatever it is I'm experiencing. And then you name it, what am I experiencing? And how strong is it on a scale of zero to 10, where 10 is a full on panic attack, and one is I'm calm and relaxed. Where am I experiencing this? If the emotion is at a four or a five, it's very likely that you can sit, you can write out your worries, you can rationalize and reason with yourself. But if you're getting into the six, sevens or eights, where your body is physically charged with so much stress, it's hard to inhale, you're kind of grasping for breath, or your mind is racing, your emotional brain has kicked into a physiological response that it's hard to talk yourself out of or reason with. Or if you're around somebody else and somebody around you is panicking and their emotions are strong, you trying to reason with them while their emotional brain is kicked into gear is not going to work.